0: This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is May 10th, 2021. As always, I am joined by my
1: co-host Luke Sylvia. Luke, how was Lauren's first Mother's Day? Oh, man, it was great. We uh, we kind of partially celebrated Saturday, meaning I just got her some gifts, uh, mainly chocolate-covered strawberries, which are she's a big fan of. She doesn't really like flowers too much, um, so I've learned that food is much more the way to her heart, which is great for me, because um, I know food a lot more than I know flowers. So it was good. Uh, then yesterday... Um, was pretty normal we went to church then uh ended up going for a late lunch uh, to one of our uh, favorite um, hispanic restaurants around here and got some strawberry margaritas it was a happy hour all day so it was uh it was good it was it was a good time we we had a, a really good weekend so what about you you this is you and Carmen's what How, this is Carmen's what third mother's day second
0: third I don't even know it's so hard to keep track I think it's second so 2019 2020 and 2021 no so yeah this is the third holy crap yeah we're gonna we're like five six months away from having a three-year-old and we're like four months away from having a a one-year-old so kids grow Mm -hmm. up fast man and the time flies we just you know we did the beach thing low-key uh came back to the house carmen just wanted to like lay out by herself you know tan for a little bit so i let her do that try to occupy the kiddos as best as possible Mm -hmm. and then yesterday yeah we we did the the church thing as always every week, uh, and then we uh, we're looking into moving, so we we're looking at some houses. So, yeah, man, uh, tons of fun. The Orlando Magic week was not as fun, unfortunately, and we're gonna get right into that here. So the Magic went one and three on the week with a loss. Well, with a win, actually, started the week with what we would call a bad win. Luke at Detroit, one nineteen to one twelve. The Magic tried to lose that game, but literally just could not and then the return of steve clifford on wednesday the magic lost uh, at home to boston 132 to 96 i was at that game being there was fun the game itself was not really fun being there for evan fournier's tribute that was pretty cool and then you lose to better Charlotte better than your time with the uh,
1: was it better than your time with the uh, tampa raptors when you went to tampa
0: i had a much better time at you the magic that- game yes i would definitely yeah, say yeah. that that A kid that I'm friends with, uh, who he's gone to quite a few Tampa Raptors games. I saw that he posted, like, Tampa needs an NBA team. And I was like, absolutely not. There was just no energy in that arena. I saw a video of Fred Van Vliet. It it was some commercial that he did talking about how he can't wait to get back to Toronto. And all the reasons that he listed is just like, Tampa is basically the worst place on earth. Like, the food sucks, the people (laughs) are mean, it's dirty here, it's not clean. Like screw you, Fred VanVleet. Mm-hmm. You and Kyle, Kyle Lowry can go back to Toronto. And then the Magic lost last night to the Minnesota Timberwolves, one twenty-eight to ninety-six. That game was just absolutely atrocious. One of the worst games that I've seen in a long time. And you might have been able to tell that with my post-game. Somebody kill me, please. The Adam Sandler s- video.
1: Yeah, from the wedding. If series. you haven't seen yeah. it, it's on it's on Twitter and Instagram uh facebook great performance great performance facebook as well at at six man show Thank so um i noticed your uh, is that one of your new jerseys that you got you got on there it, so is, sir.
0: it is sir i got the the j.i the i believe this is the statement jersey that they've worn mm-hmm. for is it the past two seasons now i'm pretty sure it's the past two seasons they had the the bogo at the arena for the Statement and the City jerseys. So I'm guessing this is the last year we're going to see this Statement jersey. And then obviously next year there will be a new City jersey. So the last few games of the year they're trying to kind of clean house. So Carmen actually got a brand new Cole Anthony City jersey. And then I got the Jonathan yep. Isaac Statement jersey. The only jersey that she had at the beginning of this season was a Aaron Gordon-Stars jersey from the 2016-2017 season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then she might have had... an. I think it was an Aaron Gordon Pride jersey. Those ugly gray Adidas ones with the sleeves. So she only had two jerseys. or yeah. both get,
1: Aaron Gordon. So we're like, it's time to upgrade. Get rid of, get rid of the Aaron Gordon ones, you know? Yeah.
0: Thanks, Denver.
1: Thanks, Denver. But... All right, Luke. So... You know, I,
0: what's that? Did you have something? No, I had nothing. Were we I just going to continue you know, to badmouth Aaron Gordon? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, we, no, we could have. So, so we're gonna get into the tankathon here. I'm not putting on the hat. I'm not putting on the hat. I know you want so me to lame. put on the helmet, but I just I won't. Do, but you so right now. Okay. The magic are tied, right now in the bottom four, with Cleveland, Minnesota, and Orlando three way tie. Each of those teams forty two point seven percent chance to end up in the top four as it is today. Um, with a 10.7, for some reason, Minnesota has a 10.6% chance of ending up number one overall. So before this week, I didn't really understand the way that tiebreakers work. I kind of just thought it was like playoff tiebreakers, like whoever has the better head-to-head record kind of ends mm-hmm. up above. But when it comes to the lottery, it doesn't work like that. Basically, what it sounds like is the league basically like does a coin flip between teams to see who's going to fall like above and who's gonna fall below and things like that. So if it comes down to like a three or a four or like a five way tie in the lottery, like absolute chaos is gonna ensue to to find out like who's gonna have what odds for the lottery. They'll have to do these tiebreakers before the lottery. So right now, Houston is number one, nobody's catching them and then Detroit we beat Detroit on Monday, which kind of screwed us a lottery odds perspective. Let's talk about that really quickly, Luke, because people were like chastising the Magic for not trying to lose that game when they absolutely were trying to lose that game. The fourth quarter of that game, none of the starters played a single second. I think our five was like RJ Hampton, Ignis Brasdakis, Mo Wagner, Chasen Randall, and, and, and was it Mo Bamba out there? I forget what the five was, but like Ty Corbin was absolutely trying to lose that game.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he tried. Um, And a lot of, yeah, a lot of people coming at, at the the players, which was weird, you know, going at RJ Hampton, you know, the way that it's been described is like these dudes, these dudes aren't going to tank themselves. Like they're not going to tank so they can bring in a better guard um, to replace them. So uh, I, I see you've got your, your, your tank, commander helmet on i appreciate you doing that for me, you you know, made it's, the, me feel guilty. it's the last it's the last time of the regular season i'm sure we'll we'll see it bust out a little bit uh before june 22nd when we do our simulation so i appreciate that it's a good gesture you know i'm afraid i was thinking of
0: you know like wearing this to wherever i go to watch the draft party but i feel like it just might cause like bad karma like i don't know <laughs> that the basketball gods would pay off you know, like me wearing a a tank helmet there, like so blatantly. I feel like I, I we should just, you know, count our luck at that point and let the the chips fall where they may.
1: You know what I mean? Oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I get it. You also just don't like don't want to, even though I think it's hilarious. You know, you might not want to just wear that around. Then it's a bad night. Oh, yeah, you, I don't you, care. You I don't throw care about off that your at tank all. helmet. Yeah, but, but then it's a bad night, and you have to throw your tank helmet across the bar, um, you know. Yeah, that I, that's a legitimate
0: I, possibility,
1: actually. Um, the embarrassment, it's not so much, but not to wear it.
0: me taking it off and hurling it and causing, you know, either personal harm or it's harm to someone else or, or property damage, that's probably uh, pretty possible. So maybe we won't do that, but but we'll wear it when we, we run the, the draft lottery simulation here, so... Luke, let me go ahead and share my screen. Obviously, the folks at home listening uh, don't have the the privilege to to witness my my desktop here. Are you able to see my screen, Luke? Yep, I gotcha. All right. So again, we've got Houston one, Detroit two, OKC three, and then Cleveland, Orlando, Minnesota, all there tied for four. And then right now, Chicago is sitting at eight, with Toronto sitting at seven. So everyone knows the rules. You get one spin of the wheel here. If you spin it more than once, don't share your results. Here we go,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I can live with that. In this simulation, yeah. the Magic ended up number four overall. Chicago ended up nine. So look the Magic at, look at New four Orleans nine. Yeah, New Orleans. Exa- there you go. New Orleans thirteen point nine percent chance of a top four pick, and they ended up number one and overall. And the three
1: percent chance of the number one, and they get it. So there you go, and guys. They get it you're you're Guess playing what, the ga- folks, you're playing the the gambling games. We're we're pl-
0: we're literally playing Russian roulette when it comes down to lottery odds and and where you're going to end up and everything like that.
1: Yeah. I didn't plan I mean, on
0: on bringing this up uh, on today's podcast, but I just realized we haven't really recorded since I went through and kind of went through like the last 11 drafts and where teams weren't supposed to end up in the top 4 that ended up in the top 4. Mm. I feel like that might make people feel at least somewhat better because I don't know about you, Luke, but as I was going through that, I was like, okay, I feel I feel better than I did beforehand. When you look at the numbers and you see just how often it has happened over the past few yeah. years, past eleven years, like it's got to make you feel at least a little bit better, I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean it, that's the that's the whole thing, and people get so mad about it. But I mean, if you look at See if I can pull this up here. If you look at you know the Tankathon.com, you know you look at the percentages. Right now, the magic being tied for fourth essentially, they, that would be um, solved with the tiebreaker as we talked about. But I mean, you got a, a four, not like a three point three percent worse chance um, of getting the number one overall pick than the top three. So if you can get fourth, um, then you know Toronto at seventh has a 7% chance of getting the number – 75 chance of getting the number one pick while, you know, top three at 14. So, essentially, you're basically double if you're in the top three, um, which is great. But, like, 14%, that's just not – that's not high uh, regardless. Like, no matter how you cut it, 14% is still not good. That, that doesn't mean that you're going to get a top – you know, a number one pick. So um, – so yeah, I, I, there's there's a lot of percentages. People want to act like it's the end of the world when the Magic win a game. Now, um, don't get me wrong. Every every game is pivotal, uh, but I I'm not you know freaking out about it yet. This last week is going to be very stressful, though. I will say, with all the different things that are going to be happening.
0: Well, we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. I know Luke has, has done some, some good research and is going to bring us some, some facts about this upcoming week, but I'm really hoping that Orlando ends up fourth and it doesn't come down to like tiebreakers and stuff like that. Three or four, like obviously you'd rather be three, but four, I believe if you're solid at four, you're going to have something like a 48% chance of ending up in the top four, which is pretty good. I think right now the numbers are skewed on Tankathon just because right. there is that three-way tie, but... We'll, we'll really just have to wait and see. So I'm just going to read verbatim what I tweeted out a few nights ago. And even David Steele, for all the haters out there, found this information compelling. So here is a thread to make everyone feel better. In the last 11 drafts, so from 2010 to 2020, out of 44 top four picks, 11 times 4, uh, 13 or 29.5% of the top four picks that were awarded were awarded to teams that finished the season outside of the top four in terms of lottery projections. This has also happened the last four drafts in a row where a team that finished outside of the top four in lottery projections ended up with a top four pick. A whopping 10 of the 13 picks were awarded to teams that finished as low as seventh in lottery projections. This has also happened at least for each of the last four drafts in a row where a team that finished seventh, eighth, ninth lower than that Vaulted up into the top four in 2019. Of the four teams that ended up in the top four, three finished seventh or lower. So I'm going to give a list of the picks, um, where they ended up, and where they were projected. So 2020, Charlotte ended up third, was projected eighth. 2020, Chicago ended up fourth, was projected seventh. In 2019, this was where things really got crazy, Luke. We just saw a replay of this in the the Tankathon that we just ran. New Orleans in 2019 ended up first, were projected to finish seventh. Memphis finished second, was projected eighth. The Lakers were projected fourth, ended up fourth, were projected 11th. 2018, Sacramento finished second, they were projected seventh. 2017, Sacramento again, I don't know how they really keep screwing these picks up, finished third were projected 8th. That pick actually went to Boston. 2014, Cleveland was 1st, was supposed to be ninth. 2013, Washington was 3rd, supposed to be 8th. 2011, the Clippers, they didn't realize they were going to be trading the number one pick overall to Cleveland, but they got 1st, were projected 8th. And the Nets that year, 3rd, projected 6th. 2010, Washington ended up 1st, projected 5th. Philadelphia ended up 2nd, projected 6th. So, I feel like that's anything. I don't know about you, Jeff. Do you feel like that is anything?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course it is. And that just plays into how terrible these chances are of getting a a number one pick. Obviously, you want to be in that top four or top three, so you have um, pretty much a coin flips chance at a top four pick. Um, But, you know, otherwise, getting the number one pick is not, not a guarantee As we've seen, and as you just listed, getting a top four pick isn't a guarantee either. Um, So yeah, it's it's all just it's all lottery. It's called the lottery for a reason, and that's all it is. So whatever happens on Lotto night is gonna happen, and um, nothing we can really do about it. So yeah, it just goes to show you that it's like literally just a
0: crapshoot. Like you have no idea what's gonna happen, especially with the new odds that were implemented in 2019. The first year of the new odds, everything went crazy. New Orleans finishes first, Memphis finishes second, the Lakers finish fourth. The only team that ended up um, that was supposed to be there was the team that finished third, and I don't have that in front of me, but nobody knows what's going to happen. As stressed out as we're going to be, just because that's just the way that it's going to work out, We don't. I don't think we have a choice of that. It's just how our brains work. We don't have any control over it, so you might as well just try to relax, even though that we won't really be able to. But it's it, it's honestly really just going to be a crapshoot. So, uh, Luke, before we really start talking about a couple of the the topics that we had and really start talking about the end of the season, I wanted to ask you specifically about last night, the Magic losing one twenty eight to ninety six. I chalked this up to, a, like, a lot of the guys one being out, but I think they're really like smelling the end of the season. Like, this is the last home game of the regular season. You're going to be on the road all week, and then it's the off season. You're going to be on vacation and everything like that. Do you think there's any substance to that thinking, or am I off base?
1: Oh, I mean, what, a, a week, two weeks ago, I was already telling you that defense was sucking because the team knows it's end of the season. They know that the standards, they're not being held to a high expectation besides Cliff. Um, front office doesn't even care if they suck So, and and would probably encourage it. Um, so, and you saw that by, Yo, you guys suck tonight.
0: High fives. Oh my God. You guys are yeah, so bad. We yeah. love it. High fives. Uh,
1: yeah. Like Jeff so, Wilkins, just, um,
0: walking into the locker room, just clapping away after that Minnesota clapping.
1: Loss. <laughs> shirts off tie only. Yeah. Uh, so wow, bad visual. I well, there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I definitely think there's substance to that. I was saying it two weeks ago. Um, and I think now more than ever, it's true. Uh, you have the magic that last night could have gone into that game thinking, uh, fans don't care. Front office doesn't care. The fans actually are tweeting at us to lose. Um, and you know, I, I don't I mean you look at last night. I mean, Cindarius Thornwell plays 22 minutes cause he has no other choice. Plays more than Dante Hall. Um, goes one for seven from the field that's just rust, right? Probably hasn't played in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cole goes four for 13. Dwayne Bacon actually has a, you know, a good night, seven to 12 shooting, 18 points. Um, Bras uh, 16 points on 11 shots. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's, there's some sluggishness. No denying that last night was so ugly, man. Um, and then to lose by that much to the Timberwolves, who are terrible. Like, the Timberwolves are bad. Um, But, you know, I've gotten a boost since, you know, D'Angelo Russell We have the exact same record. We have the same record and still managed to lose by as much as we did. Didn't break 100. Um, I mean, the T-Wolves scored 128. What other defensive theories do you want? They scored 128. So... Yeah, uh, last night was, was terrible, but it was good for the tank, so I'll take it.
0: Magic, we're literally down 40. I'm looking to see like what the biggest lead of the game was. It's somewhere around 40 for the Timberwolves. Like, this game in the third quarter was just like really, really out of hand. Magic closed the gap a little bit and lose by 32, but yeah, that's, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell were all playing really, really well tonight. Like Anthony Edwards is like shooting the ball like almost well lately. Like from three, like he's got like dribble moves, got the step back jumper. Like the beginning of the season, I just thought he was going to be, you know, like just like a pure athlete. And the fact that he's been able to progress a little bit as a a shooter, and then Towns and in the night with twenty seven points, D'Angelo Russell a little inefficient, but twenty seven points. And yeah, Dwayne Bacon, your leading scorer again, ladies and gentlemen, the Dwayne Bacon show. So, but one bright spot that scorer. I know that it we was, have,
1: uh put, put some, put some respect on RJ Hampton's name. It wasn't leading scorer last night.
0: Excuse me. Yes. Dwayne Bacon off <laughs> by one point to the, to the great RJ Hampton, RJ, thanks Denver mm-hmm. Hampton um, as everyone has now come to to know him as. So that's actually who we wanted to talk about. We want to talk about RJ Hampton. So you texted me today that like what we're seeing from RJ like is it legitimate or not and i didn't have a good answer for you so just to give you guys some context the last 5 games RJ is at least putting up better numbers than Cole i i think the if you just look at the numbers it doesn't tell the full story because Cole is playing against better competition RJ is definitely getting the bulk of the garbage minutes especially this week basically you know the three losses Most of his minutes probably came, you know, in garbage time. Uh, But the last five games, RJ Hampton in 31 minutes is averaging 17.4 points per game, shooting 47.8% from the floor, 42.9% from three, 70.8% from the free throw line, 6.8 rebounds, 6.2 assists. So... Luke, why why are you not sure whether or not this is for real? What we're seeing out of RJ right now.
1: Well, like you like we've you know discussed, uh, he does play in garbage time, so I'm not positive. I know next year when when guys like JI and Mark Kell are back, and the team's fully healthy, his numbers are going to take a hit. But the biggest thing that I'm focusing on though is his efficiency. Like you said, those last five games, he's, what, 6 for 14 from 3 on 2.8 attempts. Um, I mean, he's averaging 17.4 points per game. The, the thing that's crazy to me, and this all comes with repetition, right? I mean, in Denver, he really, no one actually, no one really gave him confidence there. There was nobody that gave him confidence there. He has already played three more games in a Magic uniform than he did for the Nuggets. Um, he's logged 314 more minutes in Orlando already. Um, he played nine minutes per game in Denver and has played 21 minutes a game in Orlando. He's seen an 8% usage bump. When these things happen, you're going to see a, a and you know, an escalation in his numbers. But the biggest thing is to look at his efficiency and the efficiency wise. I mean, the last five games he's played really well. So I, I think that he's done, he he's doing well. I think he is definitely, I mean, he is definitely trending upwards. Um, and I think that next year could be an even better leap for him, being surrounded by better talent, but also getting minutes, unlike in Denver. I think it'll do wonders for him. And if he can end the season on a high note, like he's been doing, um, which I don't see any reason he can't, he's getting the minutes, uh, then that could put him in you know full full head of steam going into uh, you know summer league and preseason. So, if you look at like just RJ's like raw shooting
0: numbers. So, right now with Orlando, he's shooting 30% from three on 2.6 attempts, which is up from 27.8%, but just on 0.7 attempts a game in Denver. So, a lot of that is just wasn't getting you know a lot of playing time. Probably had a pretty short lease playing for the Nuggets. Uh, but right now, if you look at in Orlando, from corner threes, RJ is shooting 45%. Small sample size, he's only taken 11 and made five of those attempts but I think that's promising even in Denver on really the whole season uh, three of seven shot 43% from the corner three so I think looking at that you look at his shooting form which really isn't ugly at all like he I think he has a pretty nice and and smooth shooting stroke Uh, I, I feel like RJ can definitely become a better shooter you know over the next few years if you look at his free throw percentage 68% 68% on the year. Nothing really that you want to go crazy about. But again, I feel like the potential is there for him to become a good shooter. Mike Miller, you know, one, an all-time great shooter, um, absolutely believes that RJ is going to become a really good three-point shooter. So if Mike Miller believes in, in him, who are we to, to, to say otherwise? But I, I feel like there are probably... I've tweeted this out a couple of times. There's like three to four plays a game where you're like, if that guy can do that on a regular basis... He's a guy that could potentially become an all-star. And when you, David Steele had his, you know, is this anything the other night? And it was talking about the amount of layup attempts RJ has a game. And, you know, he's finishing those at like 60 something percent, uh, which, you know, since he's been traded is like one of the, the highest, um, like accuracy attempts in the league. I, I don't really have the answer on why that is. I don't think it's just because of his blinding speed. And I don't think his handles are spectacular yet. Definitely have seen an improvement over the last few weeks. The handle has become tighter. But I don't have the answer for why that is, why he's getting to the rim so easily and why he's able to, to finish uh, at, at such a rate. Maybe a lot of it is because he's playing in garbage time. But like he does jump off the screen at you at times. But it's not to the point where I'm like, oh, this guy is going to be like a a NBA starting caliber point guard for his entire career. He definitely can get there. The potential is there. I'm not sold. But like you said, with everybody coming back next year and this team being healthy, he's not going to have quite the opportunity that he has. Where right now he's almost in like that kind of like sixth man role almost. I don't think he's going to have the same opportunity next year. But if he can average like, you know, 22 to 25 minutes a game, averaging like eight to 10 points, and if he's able to become like a, a really good defender, I'm not going to be mad at that at all. I definitely think Michael Carter Williams being on the team anytime in the foreseeable future is going to be a, a real threat to RJ's minutes. And then just to kind of go back to these jerseys, I was staring at a Terrence Ross jersey. because I already have a Jonathan Isaac jersey, but I was like, I just don't know if Terrence is going to be on the team four months from now. So because of that, I kind of, I kind of hesitated. Uh before we start getting into like the last week of the season here is there anything that you wanted to add to the to
1: the RJ conversation? No. No, I mean he's getting opportunity. Um he's making the most of it and I th- I think that they're, you know, he's got all the tools in the world to to get to that point where he could be playing valuable minutes next year. All right, so Luke um, put together, you know, uh, some
0: some nice info for us as it pertains to the the last, you know, the final week of this season, the opponents that we're going to be playing, and kind of what their situation is. So, Luke, if you want to take it, I'll, I'll let you take over there.
1: Yeah. So, looking at this, um, all this was supplied with, you know, via Tankathon and their strength of schedule stuff, and and all those things. Um, but the Magic currently have the second toughest remaining schedule in the league. Uh, the remaining games are the Bucks, Hawks, and Sixers, who they play twice. Um, the Bucs game, they should lose. The Bucs are currently the three seed. They're half game behind the Nets. Um, you know, I, I think that they've got the floor of being the third seed, but a ceiling of even being the first seed because they do hold a tiebreaker over the Sixers, um, though that possibility of that happening is pretty slim. Their remaining schedule is you know Spurs, Magic, Pacers, Heat, and Bulls. 22nd hardest strength of schedule remaining for them um, and tonight if they win uh, against San Antonio then they will uh, claim uh, uh, they'll be tied um, with the Nets um, for second and they own that tiebreaker so I say all that to say it's it's misleading to look at strength of schedule because situationally that could mean a lot of different things um, Milwaukee if they were locked into their seed you could assume that Against Orlando this week that they'll sit Giannis Chris Middleton maybe, um, but but looking at that and the fact that they could go up to the first seed and you know that happens you know that would be mean they surpass the Sixers, um, that would mean that the Sixers finished one and three which is unlikely while the Bucks go four and one, um, including their game tonight so, which they are right I, now. I really They're don't
0: twenty three at half. Against the Spurs, so that's good for us. If the Bucks lose and, and need to beat the Magic,
1: right? Yeah, that's very good. And geez, I didn't even see that score either. That's crazy. Yeah, eighty-seven. It's to pretty 64. rough. Um, so yeah. So then you know they've got Magic pace. Magic next. They're going to be in alert mode. They they want to try to gain some ground on Brooklyn. I think we will see all those guys play. The only reason you might not is because it is a back to back, but. I would be surprised. I think if if Giannis doesn't suit up and play, um, but then the Magic, so the Magic should lose that game tomorrow, uh, which will be good for the tank. Then they play the Hawks. They should lose um, because the Hawks are in a competitive mode right now. They, you know, they're they're currently the fifth seed, but I think they could drop as low as a seventh seed. They could get as high as the fourth seed. Um, the remaining schedule is the Wizards twice, who are really hot right now, um, and then the Magic. Rockets, who are terrible. Um, But the Hawks have the second easiest remaining schedule. So they really should be in a mode to just win all those games and get as high as they can. Um, Then you go to the Sixers, right? The Sixers, depending on how these next two games go for the Sixers, um, it really does dictate how they will handle the magic, I think, the last two games of the year. If the Sixers win these next two games, they have locked in the number one spot. So if they lock in that number 1 spot in these next two games that they've got then which is uh Pacers Heat I believe then I think we could see Joel Simmons all those guys sitting for the past the last two games of the year so we need the Sixers to lose one of these two games coming up which is possible against the Heat
0: So Hawks just beat the Wizards 124 to 125 that game came down to the wire and then we're you know lottery scoreboard watching Cavaliers are about to lose to the Pacers. It seems like Pacers have the ball up five with 32 seconds left. So this week is, it's all, it. this is obviously it's the end of the season and it's all going to come down to, in my opinion, I think those Sixers games, like you talked about, they have the ability to lock up the one seed. But, you know, if they lose, you know, a couple of games at the beginning of the week, then all of a sudden the Magic games are much more important to them. We don't even have a tip-off yet for that Sunday game against the the 76ers. I think like like a lot of the tip-offs for like Saturday and Sunday I believe are all like to to be determined. I'm looking at ESPN the schedule like not a single game this weekend has a time for it and I don't really know why that is. I don't know Luke if you have any insight into that. Yeah. But yeah, all the games this week Sean's just nobody actually. knows what time they're playing right now.
1: Yeah, so Shams actually tweeted out earlier today, I believe, um, bef- before tweeting out that J Cole is signing a deal with the Basketball Africa League. Um, he tweeted out for the NBA's final day of the regular season on May 16th, all 30 games, um, all 30 teams, 15 games will play in after in the afternoon, starting between 12 and 3:30 Eastern. All six games on Saturday will be between same afternoon times. So, it looks like we're have a lot of afternoon basketball. That's really weird basketball. to me.
0: To me, it feels like that's out of nowhere. Like, why are we doing this? I'm totally fine with it. I love weekend, early afternoon games, like right in the middle of the day. But it just seems really, really strange. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. And it's weird that, you know, we're like four or five days out and just nobody knows what time these games are. You know, I mean, it's good that they have a window, but... I don't know. I guess we'll end up seeing. But I do like the fact, you know, looking at the strength of schedule, the T-Wolves, who we're right there with, they're 17th in toughest schedule. Cavs are 12th. OKC is third, so it sounds like they're right behind us. You know, we're probably not catching them. And then the Pistons, 18th toughest. So it's going to gonna need some, some luck. We're going to need these teams to win games that they probably don't want to win this week uh, for us. So, again, that we can really be solid in that top three to four without having to worry about the tiebreakers. I don't know when the NBA would decide those tiebreakers. Do, do you know if they decide them like at the conclusion of the regular season? Or is that something they would do leading up to the draft lottery? Or is that like, hey, we're about to do the lottery in five minutes, guys. Let's do these tiebreakers. Because that would <laughs> really be bad. To all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, this the lottery starts in 20 minutes. We have a chance to end up you know with the top three odds and oh great we're going to be sixth instead of third like that would just really suck if that happens so we'll yeah have to keep an eye on that for sure
1: yeah i have no idea when they do that i'm sure they'll announce it soon because it's not every season you have a tiebreaker for a lottery odds so um i'm sure that's just something they'll take care of when the season ends in terms of announcing it
0: and then the other thing luke that we've kind of talked just briefly about that we're still waiting for is the summer league schedule, just because you and I mm-hmm. have kind of talked about maybe potentially, you know, if they're even allowed to have fans at summer league, that would be really, that'd just be an awesome trip to go and, and see and just watch like all of the top young talent in the league, especially the magic who this summer league team, if we end up with a top four, top five pick will be absolutely stacked. When you think about mm-hmm. RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, another, you know, top four top five pick whatever like this team really should be quite good this this summer league team so that would be really dope to go to but Luke this is going to be one of our shortest episodes ever Luke and I talk every single week like hey let's try to keep this episode pretty short and each week we just go into like hour hour and 15 minutes and, and everything like that so what do we do with ourselves right now are we just gonna keep um, talking for another forty minutes or, or is that about it? I don't really have much else, man. It's the I end th- of the season, it's gonna be like a just a sigh of relief once it's really over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I uh I'm ready for the season to be over. I'm ready for us to start a countdown till Lotto night. Once lottery night hits, I think then things will probably pick up speed a little bit, but right now it just feels like the season's kind of dragging. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think we, uh, we end up cutting it a little short tonight, Jonathan, and give these guys a break from us. And, uh, cause we'll be bringing, you know, probably hour long episodes again very soon, probably next week. I have no idea.
0: Well, what I would say, first of all, is just if you guys have been listening and you've listened to every single episode this year, like from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys, because if people don't listen to the show, there's no point in us doing the show. And it has been such yeah. a tough and crappy season. For you to one follow the team and watch the games and then to go out of your way to listen to more about the team sucking and losing really says a lot about you and, and your fandom, but we just we love doing the show and we thank you guys for listening again, if you guys don't listen, there's really no point in us doing the show, but even though the season is coming to an end, we are putting together Luke what I think is really like a killer off season schedule. We have so many good guests lined up. Like, I really think you guys are gonna go nuts. Uh, with just some of the the episodes that we're going to put together and some of the guests that we're going to be able to bring on the show this summer, so we're really looking forward yep. to that. So, even though the season is coming to an end, the show is not coming to an end. We're still going to be continue to put out episodes each Monday. Uh, it probably will just be Monday. We probably won't have too many bonus episodes over the summer unless something crazy happens. But yeah, off right. season you have some awesome guests to look forward to. We'll have lottery night. Obviously, we'll have the draft. We'll have free agency and, and all that stuff as well later in the season. So, Luke, anything else?
1: No, I think we're I think we're good to go. I think we'll let these guys uh, stop hearing us and we'll uh, get back to it next week.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show.